Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have you ever held a flashlight up to your face in order to make it look scary? You've probably tried this trick as you've been telling stories around a campfire or two. It's a great trick. Why does it work, though? Well, it works because of the strange direction of the light. You see, we're so accustomed to recognizing faces that are lit by light from above that when the light comes from a different direction, when it comes from below, it has a profound psychological effect on us. It makes a panic button go off inside of our brains. The unusual shadows cast by the light from below transform the faces that we are so used to recognizing into faces that we find frightening and grotesque. That's what the darkness, that's what sin has done to the face of this world, to the face of God's good creation. In abandoning the light from above, this world has pitched itself headlong into darkness, into a world of shadow. The face of this world has been transformed into something frightening, disordered, unrecognizable. This is what the psalmist in Psalm 23 is getting at when he describes his journey through the valley of the shadow of death, through the very heart of darkness. And it's no place for sheep. It's full of dangers, full of thieves and robbers, full of wolves, full of unmarked roads where the sheep can lose their way. And in this valley of the shadow, there is, of course, the danger posed by the very darkness itself, a deep darkness, a strange shadow that turns the once familiar path into something utterly frightening and unrecognizable. We don't have to wonder if we are in this valley. We just have to look at the culture around us. Look at how the darkness of sin has distorted our culture in just the last few years. We have multiple states that have now declared themselves to be sanctuaries for abortion. Throughout our land, those who commit acts of anarchy and violence are excused and even praised while those who cling to a faithful confession are many times vilified and made into outcasts. There is an overt attempt to spread this darkness even further, to give it roots by poisoning the minds of the young. Social media and entertainment creators weaponize their access to our children in order to catechize them into a world full of perversion and violence and narcissism. 
Many public schools have all but abandoned the pretense of education, opting instead to aggressively indoctrinate children in ways that would have been considered criminal just a generation ago. And it all seems to be working. The CDC, I don't know if you saw this, the CDC just released a survey that found that one out of every four high school teenagers in America now identify themselves as somewhere within the LGBTQIA alphabet soup. Mental illness and thoughts of suicide are at the highest levels that they've ever been amongst our youth. Everywhere we look in our culture, God's good gift of creation looks unrecognizable. God's gift of life has been handed over to death. And we are sheep who walk through the valley of the shadow. And as the shadow grows longer, as the darkness grows deeper, the temptation to despair often threatens to overwhelm us. What hope is there for us, for sheep who traverse this valley of death, when the present looks so unrecognizable? What hope is there for my future, for the future of my children, for the future of the church? O little flock, fear not the foe. Because even though the darkness of this valley may keep us from recognizing our surroundings, the darkness can never keep us from recognizing the voice of our shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The psalmist declares. Why? For you, Christ, are with me. Christ is our good shepherd, and Christ is with us in the valley, speaking to his sheep, giving us his word, calling us by name. This is how we recognize our shepherd, by his word. And it's his word that is the basis for all of our hope, even in this ever-growing darkness. It's by his word that Christ, our shepherd, calls us by name. This is what Christ declares about himself in John's gospel that was read a moment ago. The true shepherd calls his sheep by name and they follow him. This doesn't simply mean that Christ knows our name like you might know the name of your next door neighbor or your coworker. Rather, it's a statement of belonging. Christ has named you, and because he has named you, you can know that you belong to him. This is the very essence of baptism. In the still waters of baptism, the good shepherd lays claim to his sheep. He snatches little lambs from the jaws of the wolf. He pries them loose 
from the hands of the thief. He marks them with a new name, his own name. He promises to be their shepherd forever, to defend them from all harm and danger, to go after them when they stray, to bind up their wounds when they are hurt, to carry them when they are feeble. In baptism, you were placed into the arms of the Good Shepherd. You belong to him. You have hope, even in this valley of shadow. For he has called you by name. But the word given to you in baptism is not Christ's only word. He not only calls you by name, but he calls you out. That's the literal meaning of the word church, the called out ones. The church is the sheep who hear the voice of their shepherd, the sheep who have been called out of the valley of darkness, the sheep who follow Christ as he leads them to green pastures of light and life. Christ's word calls you out of the darkness and into the light of the church. Even in this valley of shadow, we learn to recognize the light of the church because it's the place where Christ's word is preached faithfully and where Christ's visible word is rightly administered in the sacraments. In the unordered chaos of this valley, the church stands alone as a new creation, the place where the word of God is making all things new, the sheepfold where the sheep are kept safe and guarded by their good shepherd. And that's why the writer to the Hebrews admonishes us not to neglect this gathering together, this communion of saints, especially as we see the day approaching. Because it's here, it's here in the church that we hear the familiar voice of our shepherd. As the world outside these walls grows darker, as the thieves and robbers and wolves lie in wait to steal and kill and destroy the sheep, it's here, it's here in the church where his word, his rod and his staff give us comfort. His word defends us from all harm and danger. His word corrects us when we err. His word proclaims to us that we are forgiven. His word feeds us in both body and soul. Here in the church, our good shepherd speaks his word over a meal that he has prepared in the very midst of our enemies. And in this meal, he feeds us with the very life that he once laid down, his very body that he handed over to be broken for us, his very blood that he poured out for us. Through the words spoken at the breaking of the bread, through the word proclaimed over the cup of forgiveness that runs over, through this word, at this table, 
surrounded by this valley of darkness, the light breaks through. The shadows flee. The recognition comes. We recognize that we are not alone in this valley. Christ, our good shepherd, is with us. He is the good shepherd. He is a shepherd like no other. What hope is there for us? What hope is there for sheep who travel the treacherous road that leads through this valley of shadow, darkness, and death? Dear saints, our hope is not the false hope of nostalgia. Our hope is not in turning back the clock somehow and hoping that this world becomes recognizable again. This world will never be recognizable again. It will never happen. No, our hope is found in opening our ears and listening to the voice of our shepherd. Our hope is found in hearing him as he speaks the word, the word by which we are called by the gospel, enlightened with his gifts, sanctified and kept safe in the sheepfold, in the church, in the new creation. Our hope is found in hearing the word of the shepherd who calls you by name in baptism, who calls you now to dine at his table, and who one day will even call you up out of your grave out of that final valley of the shadow and onto the green pastures of his kingdom so that you might dwell with him in the house of the Lord forever.